Welcome to Naturally Well, a podcast to help you live a healthier and happier life with a Nordic twist. I'm your host, Kate Turner, registered dietitian, personal trainer, Nordic Naturals nutrition specialist, and owner of Live Well with Kate. Now, today we're talking about some non-food wellness habits that you can incorporate into your daily life. With the new year just starting, everyone is talking about their resolutions. I mean, we've talked about how to reset those, but I often find most people's habits they want to change or resolutions surround food, whether it's to eat healthier, which yes, is a great overall resolution, right? But how are we going to get there? Um, maybe it's to stop eating dairy, stop eating gluten. It's to completely nick something out of your diet. Now, the issue here is that sometimes when we're consumed with what we're going to eat, how we're going to eat it, how much we're going to eat, it can have a negative impact on our relationship with food, or it can just make it very hard to stick to and get to and reach some of those outcomes that you're looking for, like being healthier overall. I also will say that some of these non-food wellness habits may actually get you better results than changing up your food routine or changing up your diet routine. And remember that one good habit leads to others And it also makes bad habits disappear over time. So by just incorporating some of these non-food wellness habits, it's going to take a toll and have a trickle effect on everything else in a positive way. So first things first, and I know everyone says it, but I'm telling you, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Water first thing in the morning and throughout the day is probably going to be one of my top tips reason why first thing in the morning is when we sleep, we get dehydrated and think of, um, think of your cells like a raisin, right? They're this shriveled up little raisin when you're sleeping and when you wake up for the morning. Now we can either pour some coffee over that raisin and dehydrate it more, or we can plump it up with some water. And I'm not saying you need to drink 32 ounces of water, but if you can at least get in a cup, so right, if you can get in eight ounces of water, maybe 16, what it's going to do is going to plump that raisin up into a beautiful, luscious grape. And that's how we want to start the day with our cells because our cells are at the foundation of every part of our health. And if you need any reminder, please listen to Scott Minton's episode on cellular health, and he'll tell you why the cells or at the foundation of everything. We can't get into it now because it would take up the whole podcast episode. So start your day off with some water. And now the second piece of that is you got to put that cup of water or your water bottle somewhere where you're going to see it and do it first. So if that's next to the coffee pot, because that's the first place you go to in the morning, or for me right now, because I am breastfeeding first thing in the morning, I put it in my living room where I breastfeed my child. I have my water bottle right there or next to your bed because maybe in the morning, first thing you do is you kind of hang out in bed for a sec, have a glass of water ready to go or that water bottle ready to go. Now, the other piece to this is caffeine and coffee, right? You have to ask yourself, does your coffee or caffeine get in the way of your water intake? Because most people ask me, should I completely cut out my coffee? 
um, should I not do my tea in the morning? No, it's not about not having it in the morning. It's having that water first, but then asking yourself if throughout the day, are you continuously pouring cups of coffee throughout the day? And is that taking away from cups that you would have been filling up with water? So even if you're doing decaf coffee throughout the day, again, if that would have been a chance where you would have been drinking water and you realized, Ooh, I really only had like maybe three cups of water today. That's where I want you to look at it differently and make your water fun. You know, add in whatever your favorite fruit is, whether it's adding in right now, blood oranges are in season and I'm all about squeezing some of that in or squeezing in a little bit of grapefruit, some lemon, really anything that's going to make you drink more. Another great tip here is to add in just a sprig or two of mint and it makes your water so refreshing. So biggest tip there, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Our next one is moving your body, physical activity. So things you can do here is creating space in your muscles before a meal. And what I mean by that is whenever we take in carbohydrates and carbohydrates come in so many forms, right? So we have our typical carbohydrates of, you know, our breads, pastas, rice, but then also fruit, um, starchy vegetables, and are just good old sugar, right? Our candy, our sweets, things like that. So before a meal, I'm not promoting eating your candy and sweets during that meal. We want to create space in our muscles for those carbohydrates to be stored. Because what happens is when we take in carbohydrates and they turn in, all carbohydrates turn into sugar in your body, they turn into glucose. And glucose, when it enters your body, is either stored a little bit in your liver, in your muscles, or then it's stored as fat. So if we can create more space in your muscles, there's less of a chance of that glucose being stored as fat. I explain a little bit more in our blood sugar episode, so make sure to listen to that one if you want to learn a little bit more. So how can we create space in our muscles before a meal? Lift a little. Do a tiny bit of strength training. And this does not mean that you need to have weights on you. You can do some wall push-ups. You can do a few squats. You can go for a walk around your neighborhood. Just getting your muscles moving will help create that space. Now, in the same token, walking after your meal is really good for stabilizing those blood sugar levels too. And we want to stabilize our blood sugars because when our blood sugars are all over the place, not only can we be hangry and on that hanger roller coaster, but when your blood sugars are spiking, it also leads to more inflammation and it can lead to weight gain and weight retention. So taking a slight, you know, just a small stroll after having a meal is a great way to bring those blood sugars down, especially too, if you know, you just had a really high carb meal or you did have some extra sweets in there. It's a great way. And also, you know what, grab a family member, grab a friend, and it's a great time to connect too. So whether you're back in the office and it's a loop around the office after lunch or dinner, it's a light evening stroll, or even just walking up and down the stairs in your house, if it's still chilly out, but just get moving after a meal even though I know the couch looks really good after. 
All right. Next one is to practice gratitude. So different ways we can do this, either practicing gratitude in the morning, right? Um, For me, I love journaling. I journal for maybe two minutes in the morning, sometimes less. And it's really just writing three things that you're grateful for and how you can make today great. And for me, that's a big part in setting my day. Just like how we talked about one good habit leads to other good habits. It's a great way to set your day up and set yourself up for success and also be mindful about what you're going to put in your body and what you're going to do with your body that day. Another way to practice gratitude is, you know, we often think about saying grace and some people listening may already say grace at each meal. I have always loved that tradition. My family has not been one to do it except for at holidays, but I see some resistance. And even for myself, if you're more spiritual than religious, religious saying grace or saying like a standard grace at each meal may not have the same connection as just say three things you're thankful for. Go around the table. It doesn't have to be three. It could be one. It could be two. But just say a few things that you're thankful for. This is something, you know, I've been really wanting my husband and I to start doing. And it's been one of my resolutions is that we just tell each other what we're thankful for. It also gives us time to take a pause before we eat, connect with each other, And again, just bring you back to some mindfulness. And that's really where gratitude plays a part in what we put in our body, how we move our body, our stress levels, even it can affect how we sleep that night. So trying to get in little moments of gratitude, whether, like I said, it's just in the morning, maybe it's at lunchtime when you know you need to kind of turn your day around or just before every meal or picking one meal and saying a few things you're thankful for. A little bit can go a long way. Okay, next one is making time to eat and enjoy. Now, this can be tough to do sometimes. Um, I know especially as a new mom, (laughs) it was really hard the first couple weeks to get in three meals, and I wasn't planning it. Normally, I live and die by my calendar, and I didn't have a calendar. So making sure that you actually plan in the time for your meals in your calendar and plan in 30 minutes, please. Do not plan in 10 minutes. You need at least 30 minutes to eat your meal and enjoy it. We're not just going to scarf it down. So please plan in your meals. And maybe it's not every meal. Maybe it's just for me. It's really just lunch that is tough for me. So I'll just plan lunch in. Or if you need to know when dinner is going to be that night, or you have family members that all get home at different times, sit down with everyone, ask them when they'll be home and plan in that meal. So you make sure you're getting it in. And for some people, I know this is breakfast and breakfast is their toughest meal. Plan it in your calendar. I'm telling you it will work. And getting in that time to actually eat and enjoy, that's going to keep you fuller longer And it's going to keep you happier longer too. So we get more joy when we actually are more mindful while we're eating. Next one, and this goes hand in hand with it, is being in tune with your hunger and fullness levels. So oftentimes we think that 
we should eat until we can't fit anything else in. We're so full. But in reality, we really should only be eating until we're satisfied. And that means when we're feeling good, right? Don't we want to stop eating when we finally are feeling good versus overly full? So thinking more about stopping to eat when you're satisfied. And in terms of hunger, don't realize you're hungry and then say, okay, I I got at least another half hour. I'll eat then. No, the minute you see the first signs of hunger, you need to go start preparing your meal or you already have it prepared. Go down get it, warm it up, have it ready to go. Because what happens is when we wait till that past, like past those first little moments of hunger, that's when we overeat. So just being in tune with your hunger and fullness levels and realizing what they should be can make a huge difference. All right, this next one in part of enjoying what you eat is a big one. Eat what you actually want. Eat what's worth it. So one of the best tips here is, and one of the easiest examples to use for it is dessert. You're out at a restaurant you had your heart set on ordering dessert, but you look at the menu and none of the desserts are popping off the menu. That doesn't mean order, still order dessert, right? You want to actually get what's going to be worth it and that you're really going to enjoy and savor. So remember, eat what you actually want to eat or at holidays, right? You have this whole spread, scan the table first, or if you're at a party, scan that appetizer table first and eat what you actually want. Just getting a little bit of everything, even though you really don't want everything, may not be the best way to go. And then in the end, you may not feel so great. So really try and just eat what looks good, what you know is going to satisfy you, and what's worth it. This last one, no guilt after meals. I don't even need to say anything more. I don't want you to have any guilt after a meal. All that's going to do is increase your cortisol levels, which is your stress hormone, and that increases fat storage. So having more guilt after your meal is going to do more harm than the actual meal itself. So please, no guilt after meals. If you're not happy with your choices or you just physically don't feel good after a meal, just remember that with every next meal, it's another opportunity to get in, you know, more vegetables if that's what you were upset that you didn't have or to feel better if you physically don't feel good from your last meal. But I'm telling you, guilt after meal does nothing to you but harms you. So please, if there's anything you can practice, if you do find you have a lot of guilt after meals, that's going to be a big one because like I said, it does increase your stress hormone cortisol and it can increase not only fat storage, but it can also affect us poorly mentally as well getting a good night's sleep. So if you listen to Chris Moore's episode on sleep, you know how much this impacts your food choices. But let me remind you. So when we say getting good quality sleep, let's start from when we want you to go to bed. I want you to be in bed as close as you can to 10 p.m. or earlier. And the reason being is between the hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., we spend the most time in our stage three sleep, which is our deep sleep. 
Now, if you're cutting it towards, you know, midnight, closer to 1 a.m., you're losing a lot of that quality time in our deep sleep phase. And what happens is when we have less sleep or we're not sleeping for a few nights as well, it leads to bigger spikes in our blood sugars and it increases our hunger hormone ghrelin. But not only does it increase it, it increases it for highly palatable foods. Like think about like our chips, cookies, um, high carbohydrate foods, high sugar foods. And it also decreases our satiety hormone leptin. So not only are we hungrier the next day and craving all of those little goodies, but our little guy that tells us when we're full, he's not knocking on the door too often. So we want to make sure that we're getting in good quality sleep each night, anywhere from seven to nine hours, hopefully straight through. Can't say the same for myself right now, being a new mom, but I am in bed by nine o'clock every night. So it's adjusting your schedule and know that things will constantly change. But making sure if you can be in bed as close as you can to 10 p.m. or earlier, get a good night's sleep, it's going to have a drastic effect on those hunger levels. Okay, and our next one is reduce that stress. So a great tip here is getting in some fresh air either before or after perceived stressful events. So you have a big meeting coming up. Um maybe you have family coming into town and you're stressed out about it, just take a walk outside. Just get in a little bit of movement, get in some fresh air. And if you find too that you wake up stressed and most days are stressful, get that morning walk in first thing. But we have to bring that cortisol level down. We have to bring those stress levels down in order for you, like we said, to have one good habit lead to others. Also incorporating in some meditation, but you know me, I'm a quick meditation gal. It can be five minutes of meditation. It could be a two minute meditation. It could be a 30 minute meditation. If you want a longer one, it could be a walking meditation. If you're getting in that morning walk, but meditation is a great way to bring sound some of those stress levels. Here's my favorite one for reducing stress. Create you time, create time for just yourself. And do something that you like to do, whether it's reading, you know, a chapter in a book, or maybe it's just that morning walk. You could get your morning walk, meditation, and your you time all done in one. That sounds, that sounds pretty good to me. So make the time, put it in your calendar, just like how we're putting in our meals. Make sure you have the time for just yourself to reflect to prepare yourself for your day, or if you're doing it at the end of the day, to wind your day down. Or if you're doing it in the middle of the day to take a little break and focus on the rest of your day, focus on what am I going to do with that second half of my day now? Maybe that is like we were talking about no guilt after meals. Maybe you didn't have a great lunch and you're down on yourself. I want you to have some you time. Maybe it's going for a walk like we talked about, that can actually help bring those blood sugar levels down. And then it's reducing your stress. And then you're getting in some you time and you come back to your day and you change up how it goes and how you feel. I am telling you these non-food habits are so powerful and creating you time is one of the biggest ones. 
Now, my last non-food wellness habit that I want you to consider is adding in a little support and starting that supplement routine that you've always wanted to, but you never actually went on, bought the supplements, or did the research to know what is even appropriate for you. So make sure, one, to let us know if you have any questions regarding what supplements you should take, um, what would be appropriate for you, but sometimes adding in that little extra support and it's not focused on food itself, can make a big difference. Now, I'm not going to get into different supplements you can take right now because that would take the whole episode, and I wanted to keep this one short. But stay tuned. We will have an episode on different supplements you can take and who they would be appropriate for. But always know that you can reach out to us with any questions. I hope you guys liked the shorter episode. These non-food wellness habits, like I said, can have a huge impact on your health, both physically and mentally. And I really hope you consider adding them into your routine, especially if you find you don't have the best relationship with food. Thank you for listening to Naturally Well by Nordic Naturals. And remember, you can catch some of our episodes of the podcast on our Naturally Well YouTube channel. If you want to know more about me, you can follow me on Instagram at livewellwithkate, where I typically live on my stories, providing a variety of daily health and wellness tips. Naturally Well is hosted by myself, Kate Turner, and produced by Andrew Steven. If you have any questions, please send us an email at podcast at nordicnaturals.com, and we hope to answer your question on air. If you like the show, please tell a friend, share an episode, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.